0: Gave me that gift of you know wanting to help people, but if I don't give it to him and ask him how I Mm -hmm. should apply it, and I'm out here deciding for myself how it should be applied, look at the result! Yeah, I was sick. That doesn't make any sense. So, but what does make sense is, well, God is the author and finisher of everything. And he is in control. So why didn't I give that to him first Mm -hmm. and say, how
1: far should I go with this? I'm Ashley White, the host of Joy on the Journey podcast, a weekly podcast all about defining, finding, and maintaining joy on the journey of life. Y'all, I have promised transparent and vulnerable conversations about the journey of joy And this week's guest, y'all, I have been excited ever since she said yes. This is Carol Guest. She is a seasoned lawyer who has represented individuals and businesses with passion and professionalism. She's previously served as the chair of the board of the Greater Houston Black Chamber of Commerce. She's a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated and y'all. I am so honored to have her on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I am. Yeah, we just got to get into it because I will start fangirling. (laughs) We met on a panel of women entrepreneurs at Mm -hmm. Willow Avenue Baptist Church Financial Empowerment Ministry, and she blew us away with her wisdom, with her insight, and most importantly, with her faith in the strength of her prayer life. And so I know that she is going to impart so many nuggets. So go ahead and sit down, get comfortable, because we are gonna have us some good, good conversation and walk away encouraged and made the better. And while you're there, have you subscribed to the podcast? Yes, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and click on your notification bell. So, Carol, this podcast is all about defining, finding, and maintaining joy on the journey of life. So, what would you say your definition of joy is? I would say
0: that my definition of joy is maintaining your sanity along the way. Mm. And the reason I say that is because life throws you curves left, left, and right, you never know what's going to happen, and there are lots of opportunities to just get discouraged and then once discouragement kind of settles in, you can become non responsive to life, you know, just nonchalant, like, "Oh, I don't care, I'm just gonna sit here and let life happen to me, and to me, that's insanity mm. because we have to be in the, in the state of mind where we can be proactive if we wanna have a joyful life. And so maybe I can back up a little bit and say the basis of joy to me is sanity, maintaining sanity on the journey because then there's always the opportunity to build from that mm-hmm. and to get to the point where you're full of this exuberance and happiness and you can wear a smile on your face. But if you can't make the decision That you're going to stay sane first. Anticipating that your journey is going to have bumps and hills and ups and downs. You can't ever get to that state of exuberance. Mm. So I would start with saying that joy is maintaining sanity along the way. And then giving yourself that basis to build from.
1: When did it come to you that I can't have anything if I am operating from a unsane or insane mental standpoint um I would say
0: that that came into my understanding probably within the last month or so
1: okay
0: um you know I was challenged when you talked to me about what's the definition of joy and just kind of you know looking at some of the other guests that have been on your show and listening to what their definition is and how they talk about joy and so forth i had to really just sit and say well really what is joy to me i'm not i don't want to adopt what other people are saying joy should be because mm-hmm. we're individuals right and i and i have my own definition so um i would say that um it all came together for me i would say that maintaining sanity is important um within the last month or so because when I think about the journey that I've been on for the past 25 years um I would say that I was able to maintain my sanity and that's why I'm able to be joyful at this point Mm
2: -hmm.
0: because I just wasn't aware of what could possibly come and knock me off my game, you know, make me rethink my relationship with God and make me think about, you know, does he really care? Is he really there? Why is he allowing these things? You know? And I said, wow, you know, I, God kept me, he kept my mind. I maintained sanity through all of that. And mm-hmm. so because of that, I can be joyful. Yeah.
1: I think that's so important as well because our thoughts can consume us. Absolutely. What we're focused on, yes. what we, what we, they well, they say, you know, perception is reality. Yes. And so, what we then see then feeds into how we act, how we respond, what yes. we believe, Absolutely. what we then do. Yes. And so, if our minds aren't on something foundational, aren't on something steady, it's easy to then really, when life gets to rocking like okay well i'm going overboard because i can't find myself Mm -hmm. on the rocky ocean right that's absolutely right and it's different too when you
0: are used to a certain way of living okay you know it's one thing and i completely understand that that a scripture in the bible that says to train your child up in the way he should go and when he's old he won't depart from it Mm -hmm. it's important to get your child early to be able to identify their strengths and weaknesses and have them to understand that God is in complete control. Because mm-hmm. when you become an adult and the Lord visits you yeah. to try to get you on that path, that is a very difficult transition. Mm-hmm. My life really changed at age 25. Okay, And so 25 years of doing things my way and expecting the rest of my life to go that way very, very difficult, very challenging to then get on the path at that point. So um, I think it's really important for us to come have some perspective in life that things are not going to always go the way you want them to mm-hmm. and that there are going to be hills and valleys and you know those types of things that can knock you off your game. If you don't come from that reality then it's difficult when God decides to start growing you up mm. because he will most definitely throw those curves to make you more spiritually mature. So, you know, um, I, I'm, I think that my journey to being joyful, um, would have been a lot easier if I had had, you know, a little bit more perspective about the ups and downs of life,
2: mm.
0: you know? And I think, um, just preparing yourself mentally for that can help you to obtain and maintain joy so that you're not mad and angry at God when these tough spots show up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that also speaks to our expectation.
0: Absolutely. Of
1: what we think life should be, what yes. we think this experience should turn out every. Business deals should work out perfectly. (laughs) Every job that I apply for, I, of course, am the best candidate. Exactly. Um,
0: Exactly.
1: And yet when those moments don't turn out, right, Mm -hmm. or the way we thought they should or could or would, it's important that we understand that everything works together for our good. Even those disappointing moments, Mm -hmm. they build us up. As you said, they stretch our faith. They grow us from being babes in Christ to being prayer warriors and soldiers and knowing the gospel for Mm. ourselves.
0: Yes, absolutely right.
1: So I want to talk about um, in those moments where you were fighting for and choosing to maintain a healthy mindset what did you learn then that you possibly could share with someone that is in a place of this is not what I thought it was going to be?
0: <laughs> oh boy! Um, one of the main things I think is to remove the word "I" from your language
2: hmm.
0: because that the point of frustration comes when you're I when you say I thought it would be and god says it is this way that's where the the conflict comes in and that's where your frustration comes from and if you can get rid of i and get rid of the mentality that your thoughts should prevail the way you see things happening should prevail and accept that god is the authority and that he because he is authority he decided to send whatever it is or allow whatever it is that's causing you this frustration once you can get past that i mean that's like three-fourths of the battle Mm -hmm. one where you can get out of this place of frustration and you know being upset and you know being consumed by thoughts as you said of why is this happening or why didn't i get this or that it's because you're not in control of it. Mm-hmm. And as long as you can, you know, when you can make that determination, there's freedom in that.
1: Oh, that is so good. So good. Because so many of us, and I'll speak up for myself, struggle with control. Oh. We struggle <laughs> with me. I'm not going to say we. Y'all, y'all do your y'all <laughs> job. Me. I, <laughs> I struggle with control. Mm. And what you just described, though, is the serenity of surrender. Yes.
2: That's a beautiful way to put it. There's
1: a sweetness in Mm -hmm. God, your will is what's best for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There is
0: sweet serenity in that uh, because once you can accept that, um, there's just a calmness that comes
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and that peace of God, you know, um, and you get to a point where you say to yourself, well, at least I did. I might as well just let it go. I just might as well let it go because I keep knocking up against him and he's not going to give. You know, he is not going to give. Yeah. He's waiting for you to give, Mm -hmm. but he's not going to give. Yeah. So, yes, sweet serenity. That is, that's the goal.
1: That's good. That's good. So let's hop into your journey. You have led or had and continue to have a prestigious career that has taken many different (laughs) turns, (laughs) but I would like to start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. When did you realize that you had a passion for law and wanted to become an attorney? Well, I would say I realized
0: that law was for me when I was in college, Okay. because when I look back, even in elementary school. I would run for things. I I ran for uh the office of judge and you know it was like political science like mock things to get us into the po- political process and teach that that thing that sort of thing. I ran for that and then when I was in middle school I was I was an officer like our our little student council and I was on student council in high school and I was in student government in college and I was always into politics and, um, once it was time to be, you know, go to the next level after college, I started thinking, like, what am I interested in? Where's my passion? And it's in politics. And, and so I thought, well, I want to be a civil rights lawyer. Mm. And so, um, law school seemed to fit me. Now I will say this though. I always like business. Okay. Always. My dad tells his story. Of my dad used to be a concert promoter so he had lots of lives as well yes my dad used to be in a singing group he was signed to Columbia Records he was like all these other things and that I think that explains my interest in the entertainment business okay. but he came home one night after a concert and he said he walked into my room and I was asleep and I, I don't know how old I was maybe 12 or 11 or something like that and he said he tossed up he said he put he threw money on me from when whatever they made that uh-huh. night and he said i woke up and went oh. <laughs> doing the money like that and i started laughing cuz i said i have always had an interest in business like always and you know my parents raised us to be humble people not mercenary you know in any way definitely looking at money as a tool to be able to help mm-hmm. um but when I was in college at that time, it was either business or law. And I and actually I was scared of business school.
2: Hmm.
0: I thought it was too much math. And so I wasn't the best math student. Okay. So I said, "Oh, well, I go to law school like that was going to be easier." I, 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 <laughs> yeah, no. That that wasn't the case at all. It was not easier. And years later, I applied to business school and saw that um law was actually harder. Yes. Um but and I I just chose not to complete my business um studies. Uh just because I didn't really feel that it was it was fitting what God had me doing at in that season. Mm-hmm. You know, but I was passionate about fighting for people and being an advocate also. And so as I matriculated through law school, Civil rights law just kind of faded away. Okay. You know, um, when I was on campus in college, I was very, um, very interested in the in black the black experience because I, I went to Vanderbilt University, and so that's a predominantly white institution. Mm-hmm. We had a protest on campus my my freshman year. That's when Tiger Woods was playing golf. He had just entered into that world. Okay. And um, we had a sit-in at my school. They asked us to wear black. I wore my black. I had my backpack on, and I was going to class with my black, my black shirt on because we were protesting the way he was being treated. Mm-hmm. And one of our um, trustees was on, I think, the board of directors or something at this golf club where – Tiger was being discriminated against and, and talked about uh, badly. So anyway, that activism and my family's always been active in the community and we've always been activists, you know, as far as the black experience is concerned. And so that passion for advocacy is where um, I just, that's where it came from. And then in college, I made that choice.
1: Wow. Wow. wow, wow. And share with our audience where you finished, where you earned your your law degree. I earned
0: my law degree from the Texas Southern University, Thurgood Marshall School of Law.
1: Very good. Very, very yes. good. I want to make sure that all those uh, Thurgood folks recognize we're producing. Amazing, amazing people. Oh. Amazing people. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And you just spoke about your compassion for community service and mm-hmm. giving back. Why do you feel like that's important?
0: Well, I think it's important because God gives us skill sets and, and gifts that we're supposed to share and in sharing community and help other people. And I think that if you have something that's worth sharing, you should share it because we're all incomplete people. Mm-hmm. We all need each other. And so if I have something that can help or benefit someone else, then I should share that with them. They can share with me. And we're it, it makes for a better society. I'm, I'm a progressive thinker. I would like to do things that will help push things forward.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And let me just break it down in practical terms. Because at the chamber, I had these discussions all the time. When people can eat, have shelter, um, have a safe place for their family and their kids to 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 be, to go to school, whatever the case may be and they have jobs to that support all of that, mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about somebody knocking you over the head when you're walking down the street trying to rob you because they're going to have their own stuff. So if I can do something to help prevent that, give that person a better life, and give you a better life because you're not in fear of being robbed or raped or something crazy, then why would I not do that? Mm-hmm it makes everybody comfortable when you can give of your gifts and talents and be fair in the process. Mm -hmm. You know, especially if you're in in a position of authority, that's a responsibility too. That's God given. And you should use that authority to make people's lives better, to make their way easier because life is already really difficult at times. Mm -hmm. So I, I just, I guess, In my personality and in in our upbringing, it just has been reinforced over and over again that we should be a benefit to others to help make their way easier. And that warms my heart. And then if somebody else is giving so that I can,
1: you know, achieve more and have a better life, then, you know, it all works out. Yeah, absolutely. I think watching my grandparents, they were very civic-minded um, serving not only just within the church, which was our foundation, but also serving in the community. Yes. So I think that is embodied in us. Yeah. But it also, some people think, well, if I give, then what do I have for myself? And so I do want to ask, as a ser- someone with a servant heart, mm-hmm. in which pouring out sometimes just comes natural. Yes. How do you <laughs> replenish, or how have you found ways to replenish that which you pour out? Well, first
0: of all, I have to say that God has had to stop me several times hmm. because I was overdoing it to the point where I was depleting myself. And you wouldn't you would think, you know, that's counterintuitive. Well, God gave you this gift of being able to help people, so you should do it to the fullest, well. There there has to be harmony. I was listening to someone, they said, balance is not possible. You should be looking for harmony. And I said, that's right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so God has had to stop me on several occasions and said to me, you need to take a nap or sit down, mm-hmm. you know, take some days off, get a massage. So he's had to arrest me. And 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 then I, I was giving so much that I've gotten sick a few times Mm. and you know finally he just said look you've got to get yourself in a space where taking care of yourself is important I was so passionate about what I was doing you know that it I feel like it was a drug almost Mm. because I loved it so much but you know the the see, this goes back to, um, I think how God, how he is, he will let you get to a point. You have to, you really have to harmonize all of these things in light of what God's call is on your life and what he wants, what he really is calling you to do because he can give me, he gave me that gift of, you know, wanting to help people. But if I don't give it to him and ask him how I should apply Mm -hmm. it and I'm out here deciding for myself how it should be applied. Look at the result.
1: Yeah.
0: I was sick. That doesn't make any sense. So but what does make sense is, well, God is the author and finisher of everything and he is in control. So why didn't I give that to him first Mm -hmm. and say, how far should I go with this? So getting sick made me have to recognize, oh, wait a minute. Well, yeah, maybe I should have asked God first. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should have given the gift back to him and said, how should I apply this? So him waking me up, that was one way. And so now I get massages every month. Mm -hmm. I tell people, no, in a nice way. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, I, I, Schedule my days better such that I can, at the end of the day, be able to sit down and and maybe, um, you know, read the Bible or pray or, you know, just relax Mm -hmm. so that I can be ready for the next day. Because I understand now how necessary rest is
2: Mm -hmm.
0: in order to execute whatever the portion God has for me is for the next day. I recognize that we can only give out portions of ourselves and be effective.
2: Mm.
0: Not overdoing, not showing up every time. That is not what God called us. He called us to a portion. That's why we have days. We have nightfall and day. That's a portion. We don't get seven days in one day. Yeah. We get a portion.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So, he
1: had to train me. I had to learn the hard way. Yeah. Ah, oh, that is so good. And it's such a good lesson in perspective and perspective and immediately applicable. As you said, God has given each of us talents and, and treasure. But we also have to consult God on how he wants us to best utilize our gifts and talents. So yes. that we are honoring him and bringing glory to his name. Because sometimes we can treat our gifts as our gifts, and then we also want the glory for how we're using mm. our gifts. Well, <laughs> yes indeed but when you consult God when you are asking okay Lord you gave this to me but how can I serve your church how can I serve your community how can I serve myself because mm-hmm. I am also a part of the community how that's am I true. serving me and treating me well Yes, so that I can do the work that you have tasked the purpose that you've created mm-hmm. me for oh that's so good I've so, had so good. Just
0: really and you know I think this is likely common to everyone who's trying to develop their relationship with God is to be less me centric Mm -hmm. and I centric. And, you know, it's really kind of difficult living in the United States and fighting that mentality Mm -hmm. because we get so bombarded with marketing that encourages being me centric. Mm -hmm. You know, this product is going to change your life or, you know, this new workout thing or this whatever it's it's like the church of me and we have to work against that um in growing in our relationship with god so you know it's always a challenge
1: oh that is so so good as i mentioned earlier we met on a panel of african-american women entrepreneurs and first of all didn't feel like i belong there but I was blown away because listen, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome, but it's real. I was blown away by your wisdom and your faith journey. And I wonder if you've ever had moments where your faith wavered in all that God has called you to do.
0: Well, yes. Um, I have experienced imposter syndrome. Definitely. Um, And, There were times, especially when I was practicing in the entertainment business, most of my clients were from a music, um, they were music uh, focused. And so I would feel, now I knew God had charted my path to go through the entertainment business. But there was so much that I felt like I didn't know but he gave me such excellent mentors Mm. and that was the saving grace. You know, that's what, that's how God does us. You know, you have to step out in faith on what he says to do and then he'll come and supply all the, everything you need to succeed at that level, whatever it is. So, um, Oh, that's good. But that's the only way we can make it. You know what I mean? It's like, God asks a lot of us, Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, that's what I think, you know, he has a lot, like Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice. So nobody has been asked to do more than he did. Right. And I'm certainly not going there, but you know, as a human being, we think that we can't do it, Mm -hmm. you know, like we don't have it in us to do, but every time he's asked me to do something that I felt inadequate about, after I have asked him to help me muster up the emotional and um, whatever it is emotionally that Mm. I need or the faith to go ahead and take the step, he has come behind it with all this support. Mm. And I've just noticed that's, that's what he does.
1: Oh, that's so good. And I want, thank you for that. Thank you for that, for the reassurance and for the encouragement that you have to take the first step, though
0: you have to,
1: and then trust that with that step, God mm. is ordering it. Yes, He has purposed it, and He will hold you up even in those moments where it's like, Look, I, I'm oh, mm, yeah, okay, <laughs> Ugh, I'm out here, I'm out. I have taken the step now, mm-hmm, what Lord? Mm-hmm. But again, now ca- what? going back in counseling and counseling and consulting with God, okay, I will do. Mm -hmm. but please, (laughs) please go before me, go behind Mm -hmm. me, hold me up, Lord, please. Cause if left to my own devices. I'm out of (laughs) here. Totally and completely
0: out of here. Like, I mean, I I can identify with you concerning that 100%. I mean, and it's not, you know, when you were saying the back and forth, that step of faith can be like that until you just go ahead and, Mm -hmm. and step in. So, you know, no one's perfect. None of us are perfect with that. It's just when you get to the point where you can feel confident in taking the step. And then I've just noticed he'll, he'll come behind it. And sometimes that help doesn't come right away, mm. which is still like a test of faith. Cause you're like, well, Lord, uh,
1: <laughs> you know you, you, had, you had said, okay, right. now that was the
0: time, <laughs> right? It was, I did it. And so, um, Where's my help? You know, <laughs> call him in, Lord. Exactly. That was <laughs> the time. Exactly. And then, you know, in moments like that, I just, I, I, re- I'm realizing now as I'm talking about it that I just would stand still mm. because I wouldn't want to move to the right or move to the left because I'd be scared, and I'd be like, "Okay, Lord, I took the step. Now I'm waiting on your help." Because I'm out here. And then all of a sudden it shows up. So
1: thank you, thank you, thank you. There have been so many organizations that you have supported and continue to support. One of them that you mentioned earlier is the chamber, mm-hmm. um, which you served previously as the interim president and then as a board chair. These are great leadership roles where you are leading a large body of people, entrepreneurs, leaders, what did those, what did those roles require of you?
0: Okay. Well, first of all, um, I served as chair and then interim president. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what was required? Well, first of all, there are two different roles. Mm -hmm. So being chair of a board of a nonprofit organization your role is to really kind of help to steer the ship with other board members, you know, help them to set a vision and a mission for the for the organization and, you know, talk with them about um, other things that keep the organization afloat. Um, as the interim president, you know, president and CEO of, of any nonprofit organization, your job is to execute the mission and vision of the board. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever they have said, it's going to be, that it's your job to execute it. Um, and so I was as chair, I was tasked with, and you know, it was interesting. Both of those were assignments. Hmm. They were divine assignments. And one of the things that, um, I can say about my life is that ever since God, really came in. I mean, he tried to get me in college. I mean, I've been saved since I was a little girl, but as far as walking, mm-hmm. saved and walking, that didn't happen until after law school okay. because, um, you know, I was never wild. I wouldn't have, you know, I was always kind of old for my age and stuff. So I wasn't, you know, ever out there in the streets or anything like that, but I didn't have, I, I was in control.
2: Okay.
0: Like I didn't believe God was really in control I didn't get it didn't even occur to me Mm. that he would be in control of me Mm -hmm. I felt that on a daily basis I made the decisions so when he came really entered into my life and was like look I'm God and I have A B C and D for you to do Um, from that point on I basically lived my life according to whatever his plan was for that day and so, you know, getting the call to serve on the board, um, you know, to apply and all of that was a move of the Holy Spirit. And then serving as chair, um, my even considering that was a move of God saying you should put your name in the hat for it because I wasn't checking for it at all. I mm. thought I was going to uh, finish out my term as a board member and move on. I knew I would still be affiliated, but I didn't know how, but it certainly wasn't as chair. I wasn't thinking about that at all. Um, but as God would have it, it was his plan and, uh, the board members eventually elected me to that role. And then, uh, when it was time for me to, you know, move on to the next position as interim chair, that was also I mean, interim president, that was also something that god put on my heart and i discussed with the board because there were things that we wanted to revamp internally Mm -hmm. and the situation fit at the time for me to serve in that role so you know all the different things that were called for is, is is interesting the way god put all of this together because i know that for future reference i'm going to be using the skill sets that i learned there you have to you know, understand how to meet their needs as well and speak their language because you're trying to get them to support your organization and convince them that what you're doing is important. Mm -hmm. So, the you know, God put me in those roles and I can say that I'm very grateful to have had the opportunity to serve because I was able to really um, work on behalf of black businesses and advocate for them and recognize that you know we may need training in this area. We may need to you know help the businesses better understand how to make profit, because really business ownership is um, is a wealth builder. It's a vehicle where wealth can be built, mm-hmm. and I took that very seriously. Um one of the things that I talked about with the board was about wealth building in our community so that we could have generational wealth mm-hmm. because a lot of our issues have to do with economics. Right. And so why not utilize the chamber as a vehicle for that type of change in the community? And so we and that was the path that we were on when I was um in leadership was was t- looking at utilizing entrepreneurship to create wealth in the community. And then we had, you know, corporate sponsors that believed in that as well. And it happened during George Floyd, it mm-hmm. happened during COVID. Somebody was talking to me about that and one day uh recently they said, You were the chair during COVID? I said I was. You know, I just thought about that. You're like, girl and I said, I was thinking to myself, Nobody but the Lord. Yeah it was i mean you know it's kind of like a passing conversation and mm-hmm. they went on but when i was by myself i said there's no way that there's no way mm-hmm. there was no way that i could have performed that work without god's leading mm-hmm. and his favor mm-hmm. cuz that that was a difficult time
1: oh wow wow thank you for sharing as we talk about those roles and they were time allotted roles, with that then comes the transition. Mm-hmm. For some people, when they are transitioning from one space or one season, one uh, one position, there's a bit of mm, grieving. Yes. What what has helped you as you transition gracefully to to the next group of? to the next chair and board members as well as to the next president of the chamber, what has helped you transition gracefully?
0: Well, again, leaning on God and knowing, you know, listening to his voice, um, accepting that that the change was coming Mm. because he had started to um, speak to me about the change months before it actually happened. Um, I just didn't know when. You know, the exact date and time. I didn't know that, but I knew that it was coming. And so, um, and I thank God because he will do that for us. Mm -hmm. You know, get us ready and prepared when it's time to transition or separate from something. So my mind was kind of already in that mode. Um, So that's one thing. Um, And then when you are... So invested in something, it because that was a passion for me. Mm-hmm. It was when I actually, after I stepped down, the weeks that followed were somewhat surreal because I wasn't active every day. Like those positions are all day, every day, mm-hmm. like almost 24-7 unless you can turn it off. And if you love it, again, like I said, you'll be, you know, that'll be the only thing that you're focused on for Mm -hmm. the most part. So I had to be honest about how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. I had to be honest with myself um, and say, this is sad for me Mm -hmm. that it felt like a loss uh, because I love the work so much. And once I allowed myself to be honest with with myself about that this was actually a loss and i was you know um somewhat upset about it you know not to the point that it was debilitating but that i actually had Mm -hmm. some grief behind it then i was able to just start working it out like i would uh talk to friends about it um but i wouldn't let myself wallow
1: okay
0: no Because that's when it turns into something else, Mm -hmm. you know. um, And so I just gave myself grace. And I was telling people, see, originally, this is what God said, six months. Like I needed six months to adjust because going that whole chair to interim president, that was four years of nonstop, like every day. Because we didn't have a president when I was chair. Okay. And so I had to wear both hats. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, to keep the chamber going and all that, it needed that leadership. Mm -hmm. And so um, he said, you need really six months. And I was like, oh, three months, you know, 90 days, you know. So I'm still, I'm almost, I got two weeks. Okay. Two weeks before six months is up. And um, I really had to say carol you are not strong enough Mm. emotionally to be back out here hitting it like you have done before the chamber during the chamber, you're not Mm -hmm. you're depleted and you need to have a seat you know and then that four years had come behind i guess 22 years of hitting it hard with my own business I mean, and there hadn't been any breaks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I think the whole learning about the self-care, God sitting me down, telling me I needed to, you know, pace myself and all that has helped me to transition from that pace and then get ready for the next thing. Mm-hmm. And there's joy in that for me. Mm-hmm. Because I do like to be active. I do like to help make a difference. I do like to be in the community doing things. And so I could look forward to that. But it required me to have a seat so that I could refuel and recharge in order to do the next assignment. Because God is not going to let you sit down for too long. hmm And I would be hurting myself if I did not have a seat. And accept that he closed that door. Mm-hmm. Let that go. Matter of fact, if we don't let go, we're going to get hurt by it. Yeah. And I didn't want that. I knew enough to know in my spiritual world, when God closes the door, you need to let it stay closed. Mm-hmm. And you need to turn, you know, do your crying, do your whatever you have to do to be all right with that decision that he made mm-hmm. to make the change. And he understands that. That's why he told me six months. I didn't know it was going to really take that. I tried to do it in three, but no, I needed six. Yeah. So I think being definitely being patient with myself, recognizing that I'm not, I'm not, and we're not as human beings. These people that folks try to portray on TV, like you're supposed to bounce back from everything right away. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not what human beings can do. Right. So I accepted that. And I feel a whole lot better now. Thank God. And I'm going to use my two weeks. And, you know, I, I, but I feel him getting me ready. I started feeling that a few weeks ago for the transition mm-hmm. into the next after this six months is up.
1: So th- This transitions us perfectly to the final segment of the podcast. And thank you so much for sharing um, about the the process of releasing but also knowing that before we can run to the next if we don't take in everything that the previous season taught us the good and appreciating the good things of that last season Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes we just run yes we do and we don't sit in oh that was really good god you allowed me to do this 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 and that I learned this 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 and that and now I'm even more empowered for whatever the next is. Right. So, as we transition to the final segment, which is the journey ahead, as you are praying and seeking God for his favor and um, his divine guidance, would you dare share your hope for yourself or your business for the next five years? Wow, five years.
0: You know what? Um, I think this might be the first time, actually, Ashley, that I could say what five years would look like Hmm. because God, when he snatched me Mm -hmm. after law school, he was so in control. I had to deal with him on a daily basis, so I couldn't think past. I wanted to, and I tried. I tried to do five-year plans and all that. None of that worked. (laughs) He just blew all that up. Like, none of it worked, but now- I think I've grown enough spiritually for him to trust me mm-hmm. with being able to see five years down the road and I don't see everything perfectly clear. Mm-hmm. I just have an idea. So number one, the first thing that he brought to the forefront to me, maybe a couple of weeks ago was that now is, well, I've looked at everything from a ministry perspective because I am a licensed minister. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know that was coming. <laughs> okay. I'm a marketplace minister, and so it's important for me to have all these marketplace experiences, business, law, and politics. That's mm-hmm. essentially what God has put together for me, and that's what I'm going to be operating in. And nonprofit now, the nonprofit mm-hmm. sector, so which is part of business too. So what I see happening, um, I, I see God utilizing all of those skills that I have amassed including the entertainment business together. So I, I I feel like what I see is some, something in leadership under the guise of ministry Mm. where whatever I'm doing, it ties back into that, you know, that that ministry piece would be more pronounced going forward Mm -hmm. and going to be guided by whatever it is. Um, so I see I like right I I definitely see myself going back even more into the entertainment business. Okay. Um not as a lawyer, but as a business person. Mm. Um there's some there's someone I'm working with now who is pulling me back. <laughs> He's pulling me back. He's pulling me back in. And I'm happy about it. You know, I'm more mature now and I know what I'm doing. Mm. I feel I not I I learned but you know, I feel more confident now. So I see that I see a nonprofit work um, and I also see more business as I am continue to work with our family business um, as an attorney, I'm the attorney for our commercial real estate business and just kind of growing that and also helping other people develop wealth strategies
2: mm-hmm.
0: to help again that whole thing about empowering our community um, and I and generational wealth, yes. But I had lunch with someone recently who said, I'm interested in transformative wealth. Ooh. And I said, yes, transformative wealth is that's what we need in our community It's transformative wealth where we can address, you know, all of the issues that come with poverty, mm-hmm. you know. So I see myself, you know, being engaged in that endeavor, too. So, again, like I said, I don't see specifics, but I have kind of an idea of the areas that God is going to have me working in.
1: Oh, that's good. That's good and needed, and needed. And you are called and purpose to do so. So, how could someone get in touch with you if they were looking for, looking to start a nonprofit, interested in? Hey, I, or I've been called to lead a nonprofit, and they're like, Hey, what did you? How can I do this well? How can I do this well? Um, how can someone get in touch with you if they're seeking opportunity? Well. Let's see.
0: Um, you can email me. That's one way. Um, my email address is carol at guestgroup dot net. That's Carol C A R O L at guestgroup, which is G U E S S. That's my last name. Guestgroup G R O U P dot net. That's my email. Office is seven one three six six zero seven zero zero three. That's my office number. So those are the probably the best ways. To get in touch with me and i'm happy to do it um i'm working as vice chair for the texas association of african-american chambers of commerce now and it's a statewide organization that you know does essentially the same thing as a, at the local level so i'm always interested in you know talking to people about how to start a chamber you know any nonprofit work you know i'm just open open and available to talk so
1: thank you so so yeah. much y'all I know this has blessed me and I hope that it has blessed you as well. Please drop in the comments your favorite takeaway from today. The importance of rest to allow God to replenish you as you are serving and doing the things that God has called you to do. Until we meet again every single Thursday, may God increase your joy, give you strength for the journey, and give you the courage to tell your story. Bye, friends.